Are you trying to figure out how on earth you were going to train your new salespeople? Well, stick around because today I go into the absolute fastest way to train your sales team. Hit the music. I'm sales team turnaround specialist Jeremy Demerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 128. I'm your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and today we are going to talk about the fastest way to train your sales team. Now, I'm just going to free flow this conversation because I've got a lot of thoughts, and there's lots of factors that are going to impact what makes the most sense for you. First of all, your company size. Are you training your first sales rep? Are you um, training somebody who has another role to be a part-time sales rep? Or do you have a team that you're bringing on three or four more people and you want to train them all at once? Those are key factors because first and foremost, I don't want you to be in a spot where you need to start creating all these digitized trainings um, and take a whole bunch of your time in advance, it's going to hold you up from hiring somebody. If you need support on the sales side, you need support on the sales side. And we don't want any kind of mind blocks getting in your way for you to be able to fill those roles. So, first of all, if you are bringing on your first rep, you are currently the closer, so you're the business owner, you're the closer in your company, and you're bringing on your first sales rep. The easiest and fastest way to prepare to train your rep is to one, record your calls and have them review. Um, two, take your calls, throw them into a transcription app like otter.ai, for example, um, or there's many other ones. And look at that transcription, tweak it a bit, but you can turn it into a general framework or a script. Um, three, whenever you, uh, let's say that you know you're bringing on a sales rep or that you want to, when you're using your software, Go through and just do a screenshot or use Zoom and share your screen and just record with nobody else on. Um, but record the process that you do for each thing throughout the day. And you'll notice a couple of things. One, you're going to notice that you are probably spending more time on things that aren't that you wouldn't want a sales rep to be doing um, because you're trying to do too many things at once, probably. But that's going to be good to help you delegate or separate uh, the key things that you want your sales rep to do versus what you don't. Two, once you have these videos made, recording your screen, things like that, um, you're going to be able to use those for future sales reps as well. Unless, as you bring people in, your, your pro processes improve. If that's the case, it's a win, but you're going to have to do some more recording. So the advantage there is that if you have a new rep coming in, you've tweaked the process, things are flowing more smoothly, have the sales rep do their screen share and walk through it. And essentially, they're creating a training or a walkthrough which means that they need to be the expert at it, which is probably going to push them to learn even more. So that's the simple way if you're small. Okay, you, you bring in your first sales rep, just copy what you're doing. And understand this, and this is the uh, a key piece for you if it's the first sales rep. You as the founder are going to have something that a good friend of mine, Jeremy Pope, calls founder's fuel. And that means that you on the fly can answer piles of questions because you've been doing what you're doing for 20 years, or you've at least been in the space which means you can approach it with confidence 
and not hesitate, but they're not normal objections that your sales rep will get on a daily basis. So I want you to keep that in mind when they're doing calls and they're stumped in a spot that you don't get, you wouldn't get stumped at. They don't have all your experience. You can't take everything in your head and put it into their head. So this is why you want to create something like a frequently asked questions. And you can pull some of these from those calls that you recorded that we talked about. But think about any of the random things. Like um, I would sit there with the sales rep when you get somebody new on and just say, hey, like let them watch the training videos. Let them go through the scripts and then just say, hey, what questions do you have? Write those questions down because that means that either they weren't answered at all in the training so far, like in the videos that you made, or they weren't answered enough to make the, the answer stick. Okay. The other variable is this. If you throw a pile of content at a new rep week one, it's very overwhelming. Um, you can't absorb everything in a day or a week or whatever you're trying to do. Um, you've got to give it some time. There will always be pieces, especially um, operationally, that won't seem important. When somebody new comes into a role, the first thing they're doing is mentally triaging all the information to say, okay, I think this is really important for right now. This is something that I can come back to and reference. And so when you overwhelm people with things, that's what happens. And naturally things are going to drop to the wayside. So understand that for the majority of the stuff, if you have a really clear place for them to reference things, like a frequently asked questions or some kind of process document, it's going to make things a lot easier for them. A lot easier for them to go back and reference and tell them. Like understand that week one in a new role is crazy, especially if they're new to the company. If it's someone that's been in a different role, maybe an administrative role, and you're trying to bring them into the sales position, it's not as bad. I understand that if they're brand new to the company, they could be three weeks, four weeks before they really have a handle on everything that's going on, and they're going to have a lot of questions. Make it okay for them to ask those questions, because that's going to help them get onboarded even more quickly, okay? So that's my recommendation if you're you know, kind of solo and you want to bring on your first sales rep. Um, also, make sure that they meet anyone else on the team. Make that a priority and help them understand or have them inquire to each person on the team and understand what role each person plays. Because what happens is the salesperson is going to need help from somebody, or the salesperson will not be doing fulfillment. So they're going to need to understand exactly what the other people's roles are, um, who's responsible for fulfillment, what they need and to set that proper expectation. And that hopefully, that expectation part, hopefully is captured in some of those call recordings, right? Um, and let me go back. When you're doing call recordings, don't just get the initial calls or the discovery calls. Record as many calls as you possibly can and try to tag them or mark them based on what they are. Is this a cold lead that you were talking to for the first time? Is this someone that came through a webinar or saw you speak at, an, at a live event? What's the, what's the situation? Is this a, a second call? They've already had that initial demo call or introductory call. Um, and now you're doing follow-up and, and talking about unique things that are specific to this deal that might not come up in other deals. Things like that. Try to uh, label them as effectively as you can because that's going to allow you the flexibility to use them better in the future. So I think that that sums up what you want to do if you're hiring your first sales rep. If you are bringing on a team, it's a little bit different. You, you want to be able to have as many things recorded as possible because your goal is to protect your time. Understand that whether it's your first rep or a whole team, they're not going to close as effectively as you do as the founder. Okay, Hopefully they'll have more time to focus and follow up, 
So maybe there'll be more deals, but they will not be as effective as closing as you are. You need to just accept that. It'll come around, but for the first couple months, it's going to be a learning curve, okay? Now, what I would recommend is that you break down the pieces that you need them to learn in a few different sections. One is product, okay? We need to know what the product is, and that's going to be most important right from the start. They also need to know what the systems are that you use. Now, obviously, if you're going to get them into your G Suite account, um, your CRM, your project management program, whatever, some of those you're going to need right from the start anyway. But as far as processes go as to how they um, submit a sale or what they do in a proposal stage, things like that, that can wait. Understand that your reps, depending on their experience, your reps don't need to know everything today. And back to that point I made about not overwhelming them. Start with the minimum that they need. Think about it as a startup. What's the minimum viable product that somebody needs to be able to say, hey, I can actually speak intelligently about this, the challenge that we solve, the problem that we solve, okay? And I would focus more so on how to ask the right questions to the ideal client than worrying about what comes next. Get that discovery call or that initial conversation, get that part tightened up. Make sure that they can perform well in that scenario, because after that, you can jump on for the first few calls, or if you've got another senior sales rep, you can jump on and help out in those situations. You're going to find more things, the more questions that they have, um, that you're going to be able to put into a frequently asked questions or some kind of resource training. But when it comes to the entire team that you want to train, get as much of the core basics down, get really tight. Like I would say, I would spend the time to create a training if you don't have one on how to do a killer discovery call if that's what the first call looks like or whatever you call that first call, that initial stage. Because until they're doing um, a lot of those, the rest isn't going to make sense. You could give them the full breakdown on how to do a proposal call. They're going to forget it because their their natural stress, if they're new to this, their natural stress is going to block out everything that isn't needed in that moment when they're going, oh, no, I'm on the call with a client or a prospect. I don't know what to do now. Those calls are those initial calls. Help them figure that out, get comfortable there. The rest, you can be there, the team can be there to help them out with. So throw them in. Let them mess up a little bit, right? This is a learning thing, right? Fail fast and fail forward. That's the line. That's what we want to do. But have them give them that experience because there's no better way. Like, for example, I'm a member of Toastmasters. There's no better way to become a great speaker than to just go out and speak. There's no better way then obviously with some direction as well. <laughs> There's no better way to become a great salesperson than to go out and have sales conversations and get some direction on how you can improve. So have them go out and do those conversations. Have that, um, have that experience. And then when they get into that moment, they go, oh no, I don't know what to do here. Give them permission to say, that's a great question. Let me get back to you on that. And then they can run to you as the founder or run to someone else on the team that's more senior and get that question asked. And when that happens... Make sure that question gets noted somewhere and you put it somewhere in a training manual so it's there for reference, okay? Um, that's the, the big difference is if you're solo, you're bringing on your first rep, you, you just want to start recording yourself and everything you do as the founder to hand that off. It's not going to be a smooth process, but it's going to help free up your time because in both scenarios, we're trying to free up the founder's time. That's what it's about. Now, um, as far as coaching goes... You want to do as much coaching as you possibly can. You know, I've had people tell me, look, only spend one hour per week with a new rep. I disagree with that. 
um, my feelings are this. You've got somebody that is new to the company. They need to, and we've talked about this in a previous show, but they need to drink the Kool-Aid. They need to believe in this as much as you do. And so spending time with somebody in the company, it could be you, it could be someone else, but spending time with somebody in the company that really, truly believes and is enthusiastic about the solution you provide is going to be the best investment that you can give to a new rep. If you get people in the team are going, oh, this is so hard to sell. It's such a long sales cycle. You don't want them spending a bunch of time with those people. It's going to drag them down. Bring somebody new, somebody fresh in. And when you do that, you want to put them around people that are thinking the way you want them to think. And if you don't have anyone on the team that's excited about the product, one, we got to take a look at your product. Or two, see why the reps aren't in love with it. What uh, What is it that has, has them not drinking the Kool-Aid? Is there a delivery issue? Maybe you haven't been del- delivering as you promised uh, to your clients, so they've got upset clients. You got to address that. You got to deal with that because your audience or your team, sorry, um, needs to have belief in your product. If they don't have belief in your product, they are not going to sell it. So you need to be able to demonstrate proof of being able to deliver at a high level and some consistency because people just want to feel safe. And when it comes to a sales rep, feeling safe. Okay, I, we often hear this conversation about relationships, right? Um, and I'm going to just for the moment talk to about a very traditional relationship, like my wife and I. If she's upset, all she wants is to feel safe. Well, that's what a sales rep wants, too. It's not limited to just women. We all just want to feel safe. It just means a little bit different things depending on your background, your culture, um, cultural beliefs, whatever, okay? But for a sales rep... What that feeling of security is, is one, feeling like your company um, is doing phenomenal things, they're going to be around for a long, long time, and people are saying great things about them. Because for a sales rep, they either want to be confident that they can look at a long-term tenure with the company, because otherwise, what's the point? Unless you're paying piles of cash, most sales reps are not going to be interested in a short-term experience with you. So show them that it's got the long-term potential, that you've been doing great things, because as much as it is important for you to go make the sales and deliver great quality, the most important thing for a sales rep, especially in an industry where everybody talks, is the reputation. They don't want to be associated with a company that doesn't have a good reputation. Because they go to their next opportunity and they go, oh, you sold for those guys. Ugh. No, you know what? I don't know if that's going to be a good fit. In fact, when I was in the insurance space, there was a particular company um, that was known for being very, very pushy um, and misleading to clients and whether it was fair or not, for the most part, we avoided hiring those reps because we didn't want that kind of culture coming into the team. So they don't want your sales reps don't want to risk their reputation. So whatever you can do to make them feel great about what they're doing, you need to do that. You need to make that priority even before the training on the discovery call stuff. This should be step one. And so how do you deliver that? Well, if you're back in the situation where we talked about first, where you are flying solo, you're bringing on your first rep, you can have that conversation. You can spend time with them and have them do that buy-in. Okay, You are essentially selling them on how great your company and your product or, or service is. Number two, if you are in a state where you're bringing on a full sales team, this is what I would do. I mean, I would have somebody, hopefully a cheerleader, that is in and on your team that can go and and be very excited and share that energy. But two, make a video. You as the founder, make a video talking about the why behind what you did, 
how you know how passionate you are about what you do. Tell some stories and some testimonials about the impacts that what you do has had on people, their lives and their businesses. And help your sales reps buy in the same way your clients do. Okay, the first sale, and I, again, we talked about this in a previous episode, but I really want to hit this home. The first sale to a new sales rep is not a process. It's not even the, the like how to sell their product. The first sale is selling them on you, your business, and the solution you provide. Then the rest comes secondarily. Okay, If they're not bought in, they will not stick around. No one wants to sell something that gives them doubts, and no one wants to sell something that risks their reputation. So, you want the fastest way to train reps? Let me just summarize it for you. If you were flying solo, you're bringing on your first rep, record everything you do. The calls, do screen shares, anything that you're engaged with, any software, any processes, um, record it all, store it somewhere. It can be as simple as a folder in a Google Drive. You don't need to get fancy for your first rep. Um, and then when they come on board, spend as much time with them as you can because you want that founder's fuel, that passion that you have to rub off on them. So they're going out and pumping their fist just as hard as you were when you started. Okay, You want to think about it this way. How do I create Braveheart in my company? Okay, They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. That's the energy, the passion. Okay, They may say no to me, but they're going to know someone that'll say yes. You know what? You want that fired up level coming from this this new rep. And if you've, you're bringing on a team and you've got some resources, great. Take the same idea of the recordings, put them somewhere that feels a little bit more structured. Put it into a training module, a training program. There's lots of free or very inexpensive platforms out there that you can stick them in there to start. But it doesn't have to be complex. Um, I would go a little bit beyond a Google Drive if you've got a full team for a couple reasons. One. If you're putting them into a platform that you can measure who's watching what, that helps because you know that they're consuming the information. Um, but then two, you also want to make sure that they're spending a lot of time with someone that is that brave heart, that is that cheerleader, is very passionate about what you do. And if you don't have that, be it for yourself. Go and talk to each of the team members. Spend a lot of time with them. Um, but at a minimum, shoot a video welcoming them to the company, sharing your vision and helping them buy into it the same way your customers do. And after that, focus on making sure that they understand that first call, that discovery call, or that intro call, whatever you call it in your situation, and be able to get through that and have a way to, to step out if there's a problem, if there's a hiccup. Oh, that's a really great question. I'm not so sure. Let me double check with it, on that with you or for you. Okay? Do that kind of stuff. Everything else they will learn in the field. Everything else. You know, they do that first call and there's a second call coming. Great. We're going to stick someone with them to go through that. They're going to go together. They're going to watch somebody do it first. So, for example, I've got some sales reps. Um, a couple of them are brand new. So the first time we jump on a secondary call, they're going to watch me. The, the, the next, the, next time after that, then maybe they'll watch me a second time. But then the third time, I'm going to step back and let them do it. And then we're going to talk about it after and we'll give feedback. Then after that, maybe I'll jump on another one, let them do it. And after that, I feel good about it. I can let them go off on their own. They don't need me. And they're off to the races. And then whatever comes next, same idea. If there's another complicated step, I want to I want to show them first. Okay. And if you've got more, a, a bigger team, have somebody that's a team lead or a training lead or something to be the one that does the showing. It doesn't have to be you as the founder. 
but you need to be someone that believes that can really help people buy into what you're doing. And that's going to help things be much more effective because you no longer have run the risk of people going off on their own, doing this wild West thing, creating their own process. They're following your process, which is why um, you want to be there guiding them and showing them. Also, you're recording these calls. So if you don't have a process built for these calls, you're going to take what you've done. You're going to convert that into a process, a framework, a script, whatever, so that it's repeatable. Okay. doesn't mean you're going to stop jumping on the calls with them, uh, with the new people, just because you've got the framework, but you're going to give them, a, use these as di- additional resources to make life easier for them. Okay. So hopefully that helps. The short version is the fastest way to train your team is to look at it as what's the minimum viable product? What's the minimum they need to do? And I will tell you the number one thing needs to be that they drink the Kool-Aid buy into your company. The number two minimum viable product piece is that they need to understand that first call. How do they get through that with success? And after that, they're just going to learn on the fly. You're going to be there with them or someone is going to be there with them and you're going to start to rest out. And if you've got a framework that they can go back and reference as far as process goes, even better. Okay, so that's it today. That was episode number 127 of Sales Team Rescue. Remember, if you would like to see if your team is ready to grow your sales team, you can book a time with yours truly at salesteamrescue.com. Also, if you'd like replays of this show or previous episodes, you'll find those at salesteamrescue.com. And if you are listening on the podcast platform or any of the podcast platforms, um, give me a subscribe, give me a share, give me a rating. What do you think? How was it? How was the episode? Was it awesome? Did it kind of suck? Just tell me. That's cool. Uh, I love five stars, but I love the truth. And luckily, to date, that has all been the same. I think I might have one four and a half star rating, actually. Um, if you were watching on YouTube, thank you for checking this out. Give me a like. Give me a subscribe if you're not subscribed to the channel. And share it out to someone that needs to see this. Who's building a sales team? Who's maybe on a sales team and needs some advice? Maybe you need. there's someone that started and needs a little bit of help almost managing their manager. And share this video with them. And they might be able to use the things that I'm sharing to make suggestions like, hey, Ms. Manager, um, hey, could you do me a favor? Next time you do this, could you record it so I could learn from it? Right? You can use it like that. So also let me know what you think. Shoot me a message um, on the website. There's a little chat box on the website, salesteamrescue.com. Let me know your thoughts and what other content you would love to see and hear on Sales Team Rescue. Again, I'm Jeremy DeMerchant. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.